Hello, welcome to the Lone Show. I'm your host, John May Lone. And in this episode, I've brought on Eric Taylor. And as for our guest, he's from Knoxville, Tennessee. He's a comic book creator, Cult of Dracula, and Rise of Dracula, both books that he is an author of. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Rich Davis. Hey, guys, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Anytime. How's life? Oh, life is actually pretty good, you know. I'm traveling um, constantly promoting, uh, well, Rise of Dracula, which is in stores now. So I'm in the middle of doing about uh, about 15 straight weeks of uh, trips to different comic conventions all over uh, the U.S. And um, so, yeah, life uh, life is definitely good. It's fun, but uh, but a little bit tiring. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So... What got you into becoming an author? You know, I've always been a storyteller. Uh, my mom uh, tells stories about when I was a kid. I would just entertain her um, her adult friends with these just fantastical things out of my imagination. So, um, you know, it's that creative spark and that pull has always been there. So um, it just kind of made sense as I got older, um, you know, and started kind of narrowing down what I wanted to do with my life uh, that I would end up gravitating uh, toward uh, writing stories in um, one form or another. I didn't necessarily expect it to be comic books. Um, I started my career thinking I was going to be a playwright and a screenwriter. Um, You know, life takes some twists and turns and here I am writing comic books. Okay, great. Now, tell me more about the books that you've reached, you have current, recently written. Yeah, so Cult of Dracula is a modern reimagining of uh, Stoker's original story set within a Manson family-inspired cult. So when I set out to write Cult of Dracula, I knew that I didn't want to tell the same story of a creepy Eastern European dude with a widow's peak and a tuxedo in Victorian London. I mean, that story has been told so many times and so well, there really wasn't anything I could possibly add to it. There, there, you know, if you, if you want that story, there, there are lots of other versions um, that you can go and consume. So when I decided to uh, create Cult of Dracula, I knew there was a story that I wanted to tell, but I wanted it to be um, I wanted it to be true to what Stoker originally intended with uh, with Dracula, but I also wanted to package it in a completely new and interesting way. Uh, so I started researching uh, vampire folklore and mythology from all over the world, not just uh, Western um, folklore, but also Eastern and African and uh, Native American folklore. And I started noticing that there was a, a character that um, appeared almost universally in all of these different cultures. Uh, it was all always a woman. She was outcast from society, forced to live in the shadows and to survive. She had to consume the innocence or the life force of children. And I thought that sounded a heck of a lot like a vampire. So when I started with Cult of Dracula, I started with the seed, the idea that each one of these figures and each one of these folklores and mythologies were all Dracula, 
but just interpreted differently by the cultures, uh, the people who observed her and their cultural backgrounds. And so once we were able to do that, it opened up this whole new world of storytelling possibilities. And, you know, now we're, uh, we're in the second volume, uh, Rise of Dracula, issue six hits shelves this month. And uh, then we'll have the, the conclusion of the trilogy, Reign of Dracula, starting uh, later on this year. Probably, uh, I think issue one hits shelves in October. Okay, excellent. Eric, do you have any questions for good old Rich? Uh, yeah. Is your name Rich or are you actually Rich? <laughs> just the name unfortunately <laughs> i tell people you know with all this uh with all the traveling i'm living the rock star lifestyle just without all the sex drugs and money ah uh, yes yes that's yeah. <laughs> you know all the fun stuff oh all right also like has there ever been a time in your life where you considered doing something else oh yes um you know i will say my life has been many things but it has never been boring. Um, I have, I've worked in radio as an on-air talk show host. Um, I've worked in newspapers. I've worked in television and film. I owned a theater for many years. I owned a bar. I worked for uh, two presidential campaigns and one senatorial campaign. Uh, and I own a comic book store. And now I get to write comics for a living. So, yeah, I've, I've never been afraid to try uh, different things uh, to find out what, do I, what I'm going to enjoy doing. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. Is there, is there any more books you're planning on to write eventually in a, in a few weeks or months or so? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got um, several things coming down the pike from SourcePoint Press, my publisher. Um, so Ri Rise of Dracula issue six uh, hits shelves this month. Uh, Reign of Dracula, which will be the six issue conclusion to the Dracula saga. Uh, it starts uh, in October of this year. Uh, and then uh, in probably first quarter of 2023, I'm releasing um, a book called Prometheus in Chains, which is a, uh, a new take on uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, then we'll be doing um, World of Dracula, which we've not really re released all the details of that, but that's going to be a fun story to tell. Uh, and I've got a children's book um, announced called Brontosaurus Brown. So that's going to be really fun and interesting to write. And um, then there's several projects that, uh, you know, we've not really put out there in the public yet. But uh, I plan to keep writing comics as long as they let me uh, let me do it. Hmm. OK, great. great, great. I can actually hear myself from your mic. Yeah, I can hear you. Too. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's just. Uh, Is that what better? Else? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. If you could erase one past experience. What would it be? Ooh, wow. Uh, mm. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, a past experience that I would erase. Um, I guess I would choose any, uh, any of the times in the last 15 years that uh, my Tennessee volunteer football team has lost to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, I respect I, that. They, they probably won't get this because they probably don't watch American football. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm a big sports fan as well, and I love I love my Vols. And um, 
yeah, we've suffered some really tough losses to Alabama over the years. So yeah, I would, I would definitely love to erase those events. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, so, what inspired you to become a comic book writer? You know, it, it was kind of interesting. Um, as I said, I started at thinking I was going to be a playwright or a film uh, screenwriter. And um, so I wrote Cult of Dracula originally as a stage play, and it was very successful. It won several North Carolina theater awards. And um, so I decided after that I wanted to adapt it into a screenplay. And I was working on that. Um, unfortunately, uh, while I was working on that, my wife uh, became very seriously ill. Uh, she ultimately passed away in uh, 2020. Um, but um, so I kind of gave up on the screenplay because I didn't uh, I didn't have the time uh, to put toward developing a film and doing the fundraising and everything that's necessary to, to, to create an independent film. Um, so I actually deleted uh, the script and my wife Amber got so incredibly pissed at me for doing that um, because she didn't want me to give up on it. I mean, she she just yelled at me and just lit into me like crazy. And luckily, she had an old PDF version of the script that I had sent to her. And so she made me um, get back to work on it. And she was like, you know, OK, I, I get it. We can't do a film because, you know, we don't have time to raise 10, 20 million dollars to do a film. Uh, but why don't you do a comic book? You, you don't need that much money. You could do, you know, for 10, $15,000, you could do, uh, you know, a really good comic with, a, you know, with a professional artist. And, you know, so why don't you do that? And she just didn't let me give up. And uh, I'm so very thankful that she believed in me and forced me to stick with it. Uh, because if she hadn't, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I would just, you know, still be piddling around with this idea in my head with, um, you know, never doing anything with it. Okay, great. So what have been the high and low points about being an author or comic book writer? You know, it's really awesome, um, you know, going to conventions and seeing people there uh, who have already uh, who have already uh, engaged with my book. You know, they've purchased it. They've read it. They, they they're there. They want me to sign it. That, that's a super exciting. And, you know, last year, uh, the, the cover art from Cult of Dracula was chosen to be the uh, badge art at New York Comic Con. So it was a really cool and surreal experience walking around one of the largest comic conventions on the planet and seeing just thousands of people with my book around their neck. Um, so that, that was really fun. Um, and I decided to uh, have some fun with it. So I got my buddy, Sean McArdle, who's uh, also a comic creator. Uh, he's the writer of uh, The Fuhrer and the Tramp. Um, and so I had him follow me around um, with uh, with a camera and we just randomly walked up to people at New York Comic Con and said, hey, um, can I sign your your badge? And uh, so, you know, just walking around people wearing the Cult of Dracula badge around their neck. And I was just randomly signing it and having some great conversations. Um, so that that was a fantastic day. And, you know, so far as a creator, that's definitely been the high point. OK, that's great. That's great. So if, if, if someone wrote a book about you, what do you think its title would be? <laughs> uh, mediocre white guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. What do you think, what do you, what do you think the cover art? No, there's this uh, there's this concept that we joke about uh, the mediocre white guy who just kind of kind of he's not really not really super talented, really doesn't belong, but he just lucks his way into doing things because he's not afraid to try. So. Um, so yeah, I, I, my friends and I we joke about that all the time, and so yeah, that, I think that'd be a fun, uh, quippy title for uh, for my autobiography. Okay, cool, okay. cool. Hmm. So if the inside of your head was an island, what would it look like? It would probably look like a very, very strange, isolated island where part of it is just like a burnt out husk from like where there's been a volcano eruption and the other side is like a big lush um, jungle and there's probably going to be like some polar ice caps and penguins on it somewhere um, and probably some Salvador Dali melting clocks around uh, so yeah, I'd be my inside. My brain would not be a a fun island to live on. It'd be a little a little crazy, I think. Yeah, yeah it's a little random and unique, I... <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to walk around in this head for too long. Nah, of course not. So, what was the stupidest joke you've ever heard? <laughs> stupidest joke I've ever heard. Uh, hmm. That's that's a good one too. Um, hmm. Probably some random knock knock joke because I, I always hated those as a kid because they were so predictable. Um, yeah. You know, maybe the uh, the interrupting cow knock knock joke. It, it's funny the first time you hear it, but then every time after that, it's just you you roll your eyes a little bit harder every time. Yeah, it just gets annoying. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna it's lie. Not... I'm not gonna lie. Do people even still make knock knock jokes anymore? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, who does that? Kids love them. I mean, I remember making them back in like elementary school, but that's about yeah. it. I did that <laughs> back in nursery. Nursery. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe the only worst joke would be pull my finger. Oh yes, that joke. Uh, people still, people still do that. Oh yeah, old guys at um yeah at birthday parties love to do that. Of course. Yeah, because I, I don't I don't know I probably wouldn't do that because I don't know for some reason I feel like if I said pull my finger like just someone who is for some reason a frequent frequent ah really strong would like dislocate my finger or something like I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> Rip it right off. Yeah right. <laughs> That'd be scary. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I don't do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> What's your strangest hidden talent? Strangest hidden talent? Um, I can actually, uh, I can actually rock out a really awesome uh, karaoke rendition of Vanilla Ice's "Ice Ice Baby." Hmm. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty cool. 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 Yeah. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you opened a business, what kind of business would it be? Uh, well, you know, I've I've opened up a bar, I've opened up a theater, uh, I've opened up a comic book store. Um, so you know, I'm uh, no no stranger to setting up new businesses in my life. But I think if I were to set up a business today, um, I would set up a. Um, a 
an animal rescue for uh, for senior dogs. Uh, that's a big um, something that's been very important to me. Uh, you know, rescuing animals, uh, making sure that uh, that you know uh, stray dogs find homes, and especially um, elderly uh, dogs because a lot of people won't. Um, adopt them because of their age and uh, you know they need love too so if I were if I could start a business uh, another one today that I think that's what I would do it open up a, a kennel to take care of dogs and um, attached to that would be a, an animal rescue for senior dogs you know yeah yeah that's true I don't I don't get it I mean I know they're I know they're old but they still need love absolutely yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely, and I understand, yeah. you know, people, if you're, if you adopt a senior, there's a good chance that, you know, uh, eventually it is going to pass on, but you know, you just, uh, the way I look at it is you make every, um, every moment count that you do have with them and, you know, don't worry about when it's going to end. Right. Exactly. Oh yeah. Like, like I don't know, paint a portrait of, of it, like, you know, so you can remember it when it does die. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. Or something like do something like take pictures, like, you know. Yeah. Oh yes. Because they need they need love too. Exactly. Absolutely. What is the one thing you can't live without? Um. So I the practical thing to say here would be my cell phone, and that's absolutely sure. But uh, true. But uh, the kind of funny thing is, I I couldn't live without milk. Um. I I love milk. I I could drink it with just about every meal. So um. So yeah, I'd, I would have a very difficult time surviving without it. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. We all need calcium once in a while. Right. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Ah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. What's the best way to travel? First class. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you're going to be on a long um, on a long ride, you know, or long flight, you want to have one of those where you can just lay back and take a nap. Um, yeah. But I've I've also always thought it'd be really cool to um, you know travel um, around Europe uh, on a on a train. You know, just take a train tour across uh, across Europe. That'd be really fun. Um, and then maybe uh, maybe take a take a drive down Route 66 to drive across. Uh, the United States. That'd be a very interesting uh, way to travel too. Yeah, absolutely. Would you consider yourself to be an extrovert or an introvert? I am an extroverted introvert. Um, I I can flip the switch and be the you know boisterous social butterfly. I, I don't have any problem being in front of crowds or, uh, you know, being in big groups of people, but it kind of drains me. So I would prefer just to, you know, be, just to be home with a small intimate group of people, you know, with, you know, having nice conversation, nice food, something like that. So, um, I can be extroverted when necessary, but I, um, I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah. same here. I hardly, you know, like there, there are times where I'm just mostly inside. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm also like that. I don't mind being around people, but there are times I just want space my time to myself and do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we need that. You know, you need time to to yourself to think and kind of recharge the batteries and just kind of, you know, just reset your worldview a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Definitely. yeah. If you could travel back in time, what decade do you want to live in? Wow. Oh, that's a great one. Um... I would, um, 
I'd love to travel back in time and live during the uh, the Italian Renaissance in Florence uh, to be there uh, be able to walk the uh, the streets with Sandro Botticelli and uh, Lorenzo de Medici and you know all of these just amazingly influential artists who happen to be concentrated in this one place at this one time in human history. Uh, I, I would love to travel back in time and just experience that. Yeah, we all do. Mm. Hey, hey, John May, what time would you want to go back? Or what time would you want to live in if you could go back in time? Well, to be honest, I do like the vibes of the 2000s, you know, before life got complicated. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's funny because I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we thought, of, think, thought alike? Right. Right. <laughs> What kind of music do you often listen to? I've got a pretty eclectic uh, music taste. Um, I listen to everything everything from uh, from hip hop to uh, to southern rock, classic rock. Um, uh, I listen to EDM music quite a bit. Um, so I, I do like music, but I think if I had to really kind of choose a specific genre. Um, probably lean more toward folk music um i like i like songs that tell stories um so uh and i like um i like bluegrass i like guitars um so yeah so i think folk music would uh, would probably be my favorite genre if i had to choose one hmm. okay cool cool what was the last good book you've read the last good book I read was um, the last book. Good book I read was um, Good Boy, uh, Volume One from uh, Garrett Gunn at Source Point Press. It's a uh, it's a comic book. It's kind of um, it's kind of John John Wick from uh, from the dog's point of view. Um, you know, instead of John Wick avenging the death of his dog, it's the dog uh, avenging the death of his owner. And uh, it was a it's a fantastically well written book. Um, and, uh, the art is fantastic as well. So yeah, I really enjoyed good boy, um, from Garrett Gunn quite a bit. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting concept. I don't know yeah. thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever saved a person's or animal's life? You know, I have actually, um, I saved a dog's life. Um, it was, it was actually our dog Yogi. Um, we, uh, we adopted him and, um, he was this little tiny guy, a little bitty short stumpy legs. Um, this cute little guy. Um, but, uh, he was out in our backyard during the winter. Um, you know, we're out there doing something and he got a little bit too close to our pool and somehow he fell in and so with his little stumpy legs, he really couldn't swim very well. So I had to jump in, uh, dive into the pool. It's, you know, it's probably nine or 10 degrees uh, outside. It's freezing cold. There's snow all around. Um, and I dove into this, uh, this freezing green water to, to pull him out. And um, I tell you, I, I have never, once I got him out of there, I had to jump in the shower and I took the, the hottest shower i have ever taken in my life just to get warm because i was so cold oh dear that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but all all was well yogi was fine afterward and um and i eventually got warm yeah that's nice if you can make one wish right now what would it be 
besides more wishes. Um, besides more wishes. I, <laughs> I <laughs> would, too uh, right. That's, that's too easy. I, I would wish that, um, that I, uh, that I have the opportunity to, uh, to continue writing comics for, uh, for the rest of my life. Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, guys. I, yeah, guys. I apologize for my dog. Uh, he heard the dog just started barking. Oh, okay. That's yeah. okay. I love dogs. Yeah, he's very protective of me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. But what was the Who question? Was... Uh, I think I think he already answered the question I've asked him. Oh, okay. So, who was the last person you talked to? Uh, the last person I talked to today was uh, my manager, uh, Lori Sorensen, um, who is, uh, she helped, um, you know, helped arrange for me to come on to your show. So she was, just before I came on air with you guys, we were touching base, talking about um, uh, doing this show and then uh, catching my flight uh, to head to Orlando for Megacon this weekend. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah. If your life was a meal, what kind of meal would it be? <laughs> uh, it would be some kind of uh, some kind of stew, uh, maybe a, a jambalaya, uh, a little bit spicy, a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of crazy ingredients that don't necessarily go together, but somehow they work really well in this stew. So, yeah, I, I think in a very eclectic stew. Mm, nice, nice. So, what bad habits do you want to get rid of? Ah, you know, bad habits. Um, I bite my nails. I'd like to stop doing that. Um, you know, it's just, but it's just a, it's a habit when I get, um, you know, when I get uh, anxious or uncertain or frustrated when I'm trying to write or something and I can't get an idea if I've got that kind of block, uh, you know, I'll, I'll nibble on my fingernails. So I, that, that would be a bad habit I would love to get rid of. Okay. Would you also like nibble at the skin too? If like you know you had no more nails to nibble more nails. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know <laughs> when you get down to the nub and you're like, uh, when you start eating to the knuckle, then you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever travel often? Oh, I travel way too often right now. Um, you know, doing uh, doing the conventions and store signings and things like that to promote Cult of Dracula and now Rise of Dracula. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm traveling somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 18 to 20 weeks out of the year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. I've definitely racked up a bunch of, uh, of Sky Miles uh, this year. Okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. Do, do you know a guy named Klaus? I have never met anyone named Klaus. Uh, the only two Klaus I know uh, are from American Dad and uh, from Umbrella Academy. On you know, Netflix. I was just about to say, I was just thinking American Dad, too. That's my favorite, like, like, <laughs> that's my favorite, like I love American Dad. Yeah, it's oh, so good. I'm not gonna lie. I like it more than Family Guy. I do, too. It's yeah. a better show. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Who's your favorite character? I, you know, I love Stan. Um, he just—he's just so ridiculously clueless. Um, I love Stan. Um, Steve is a lot of fun, uh, and Toshi just cracks me up every time he's on. Um, 
uh, he's on in a scene. I, I, I don't, he just makes no sense to me. He's a complete absurd character and I love it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I like Steve too. Like Steve and Stan are like my two favorites. I like Roger. I like yeah. Roger as well. Yeah, I, I liked Roger a lot more in the beginning of the show. And then later in a lot of seasons, he they started to kind of focus too much on Roger, I thought. And he's um he's a lot. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and too much of him in an episode is uh, is not a good thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like they started doing that because like, you know, like they start they realized that he wasn't he was a crowd favorite. But like, you know, they just kind of yeah. it in too much. Yep, they gave him, you know, they, they didn't do it in moderation. And uh, yeah, they're like, oh, people like this character. We're just going to put him in every scene. He's kind of like Wolverine for Marvel in the uh, in the 90s and 2000s. You know, any book with struggling, uh, with struggling sales, they just throw Wolverine into it. And, you know, yeah, that'll boost sales for a month. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they they use Roger a bit too much, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so if I had to, like, say I had a favorite character, it would be Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great so and that is all we have for this episode it was great having you here rich talking about your books your upcoming events and everything else it's been amazing yeah man thanks for having me guys had a good time and um you know best of luck to you and uh you know look forward to hearing more from you guys uh down the line same as same with me same here all right guys we'll take care and uh, we'll chat again soon i hope all right. Me too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And until next time, stay tuned for more.